Today's Bible reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 16, verses 6 to 15. If you're using the church Bible, it's page 898. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word and the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas, we went out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. This is the word of God. Amen. Thanks, Maria. If you can keep your Bibles open to Acts chapter 16 as we go through it, that'd be great. Um, I forgot to announce to you, um, as uh, Jane prayed, um, Kathy's daughter uh, suddenly passed away this uh, past Thursday. Um, she was a victim of depression. Um, so if you're struggling, with, that's been on the news uh, for many, uh, for this, uh, throughout this week. And if you're struggling with depression, please uh, do let us know. We'll do everything possible to help you. And, um, but let's pray for Kathy's family. Um, let's pray for Carmen Lee's family. Lord, we once again lift up Carmen and her family to you. We pray that you would be their comfort, and we pray that you would strengthen Carmen with assurance of your great love uh, for her and for the family, and we pray for the unbelieving family that they would look to you, that they would look and find you to be their God. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Kevin DeYoung tells this story in a book called Just Do Something. Uh, He writes, a man, 91, dies waiting for the will of God. Walter Houston, described by his family members as a devoted Christian, died Monday after waiting 70 years for God to give him a clear direction about what to do with his life. He hung around the house and prayed a lot, but just never got that confirmation, his wife Ruby says. Sometimes he thought that he heard God's voice, but then he wouldn't be sure. So he started the whole process all over again. Of course, it's a fake story. It's not a real story, but there's something real there. This is how we often think of how God guides and how God rules and how we should live, that we should always be praying and always looking for God to direct us to the right school and next job to the perfect spouse, generally to a good life. And one of the things that we have seen in the book of Acts is that God guides. 
Right? God revealed his plan in Acts 1.8, and he said the gospel will go from Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, uh, uh, to the ends of the earth, and God has done that. God appeared in a vision to Peter and guided him to Cornelius, a first Gentile. Even the first mission trip, this is the second mission trip, but even the first mission trip with Paul and Barnabas was spirit-led. Right? It was in a prayer meeting when the Spirit told them to go. Remember back in chapter 13, verse 2 to 3, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. So they fasted and prayed, and they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The Spirit told Barnabas and Paul to go, to go to their first mission trip. And since the Spirit guides, we should listen for his guidance. We should all be listening to him, which will be my second point, so hold off on that. But looking for confirmation of the Holy Spirit in, the things, in all the things that we do to the point that it paralyzes us, that it actually immobilizes us from doing something is not God's way. In fact, that's not how Peter or Paul or anyone in the New Testament lives. That's not how they listen Right? That it's not, a God isn't present in this way in every decision that they make. I don't know if you've uh, noticed as you're reading through Acts how they decided to, to, uh, they decided to go on their second missionary journey, this trip here. It was back there in chapter 15, verse 36. Chapter 15, verse 36, on page 897. It just says, Sometime later, Paul told, told Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns we preach the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. The second trip, this is a momentous trip. This will be a momentous trip where they plant churches and cities that you will have heard of, like Corinth and Ephesus, Thessalonica, Philippi. But it didn't start with the vision. It didn't start with the Holy Spirit telling them something. It was born out of Paul's godly desire to go and visit the churches that he planted, to go and visit, uh, encourage these young Christians as they receive the word of the Lord. So Paul told Barnabas and said, let's go. And God blessed the trip. They visited Derby and Lystra, uh, that's the Galatian re region, and found Timothy, who was recruited as a missionary. He will serve as an elder for the rest of his life in the church. God blessed the trip. Uh, they, they, they also uh, le were led to Troas as well, where they were probably met Luke, the writer of the Gospel of Luke, as well as this book. You'll notice in verse 10, Luke starts including himself in the narrative. Right? He goes, we were there. And when God does, them, that, that tell, God does tell them to go to Macedonia, they don't wait to ask God, well, where in Macedonia, God? Where should I go? They went to Philippi. That was their obvious choice because, verse 9, because Philippi was a Roman colony and a leading city of the district of Macedonia. When they thought about God's guidance, God told them to go to Macedonia, and they thought, actually, it makes sense to go to Philippi because it's a leading city. That's, that's where the people are. That's how the gospel is going to spread to as many people as possible. So God guides, but then they also think and plan, plan to do God's will wherever they are, and they plan to think how best they could do God's will. In fact, in this second trip, they will visit three capital cities of these respective regions. Thessalonica is the capital of Macedonia. 
They'll get there. Corinth is the capital, uh, capital of Achaia. Ephesus is the capital of Asia, Asia Minor, as we call it now. They planned to visit these cities because it made sense. You see, if you, if you, uh, I wonder if you, if you today, if or if you've been in the past, you've been paralyzed because you didn't know what you're supposed to do next what your next job should be, what, where you should live next, which school to attend, which person to marry. And you're looking for God to show you a certain sign. And it's important to pray. It's great to be seeking God's will it, uh, from uh, the Bible and advice of friends and in prayer. But let me say, you don't need a voice from heaven always to make these decisions. Paul lived for God, and so he planned to live for God. And that was fine. As you think about which job to think, uh, take, I mean, you should think about the, what God's purpose for jobs are. Why? What's the purpose of job? Why did God make work? Whether you can grow in holiness in that job that you might take. You should think about that. Can I still go to church? Can I still serve? Can I still meet with Christians around me? Whether you can reach people with the gospel. These are all revealed plan of God, and you should think about that first. And you should plan to live in God's revealed plan. That's how I came to uh, Hong Kong. And that's how I think about when I should leave. As Mary and I think about when we should leave Hong Kong, we ask ourselves, where can we be most useful? I'm not going anywhere, by the way. But where can I be? <laughs> but we've thought about this and we've talked about this. And we've said, where can we be most useful? Is it in the U.S. or is it in Hong Kong or is it somewhere else? You see, we want to serve God, and we want to go to the place where we can serve God the best, the best of our capacity and our ability. Friends, we don't need to be paralyzed by lack of supernatural signs or voice from God, but we should plan to live for God. So let me ask you, is that how you plan? Is that what you are living for? Is it for God? Is it for his kingdom? Is that how you plan to live your lives? Is that how you make your decisions as you come to important crossroads in your lives? Then you, you can plan and you can go because God is there. God is sovereign. And as we plan, as we go, we trust that God is sovereign and God will also change our plans. God will speak into our plans. And sometimes God will change our plans. I told you that I've planned to serve God. Uh, I've made, you know, five-year, three-year plans, five-year plans, and ten-year plans. Uh, earlier, I, I did much more of these. Uh, but none of my long-term plans have worked out, and that's fine because that's how God works. So after Paul and Silas visited Derby and Lystra, Derby and Lystra is in the Galatian re region there, after they visited Derby and, uh, and um, Lystra, they went through Phrygia and Galatia, that region. Verse 6 is important. Having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. They wanted to head to the... Uh, while they were there, here, it made sense for them to go to Asia. This is Asia. To Ephesus and Colossae and other places. But they were kept by the Holy Spirit from going. And they couldn't go west, and so they wanted to then go north. Uh, to the border. They went through the border of Mysia, um, um, and they, reached, well, they wanted to reach Bithynia, that area. 
Bithynia were modern-day uh, Istanbul, uh, 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 Byzantium, I mean, it's, it was called something else, it was there, uh, Chalcedon and Nicaea, the birthplace of these creeds, these cities were there, and so you can imagine how attractive these, uh, they, they, that must have been. But verse 7, the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to go. We can't be sure how the spirit kept them from going to Asia and to Bithynia. It might have been through giving these missionaries a strong inward impression, a conviction that they shouldn't go to these places. Or it might have been outward circumstance like illness or a legal ban. Or maybe it was through a Christian prophet like Silas. We can't know for sure, but they were prevented by the Spirit. And they were stuck all the way in Troas, which literally was the end of the road for them. It must have been frustrating. Here, they thought that they were doing God's will, but it wasn't going their way. But here's an important lesson for all of us. God's knows are just another way of God guiding his people. God doesn't guide just positively, direct them to, uh, directing them to go somewhere. He guides negatively, closing doors, preventing you from getting the things that you really thought that you wanted. In a commentary, John Stubb points out all the ways that this has happened to missionaries of the past. The great missionary, David Livingston, wanted to go initially to China, but God sent him to Africa instead, where he became probably the history's most famous missionary. William Carey planned to go to Polynesia and South Seas, in South Seas, but God guided him to India where he translated the Bible into six languages, started social movements, planted seminaries and schools that bear his name still today, that are standing still today. Adoniram Judson went to India first, but he was driven to Burma. And there, he established several churches, translated the Bible into Burmese, and wrote the first Burmese dictionary, and paved the way, therefore, uh, for many mis more missionaries to come to Burma. He saw 100 churches planted and about 8,000 Christians converted in his mission in Burma, all because God said no to their initial plans. And when he says no, friends, sometimes he has better plans. And don't you have stories like that? God helping you not to get what you wanted. I can tell you a few, only to find out that God had other things, better things planned. But having been prevented from going to these places, God also guided their, the missionaries positively as well. Verse 9, during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. That was the reason why they were prevented from going to Asia and to Bithynia. Because God wanted them to carry the gospel to Macedonia, where there was a whole group of people who were begging for the gospel. Unlike back in chapter 13, where this uh, man uh, is identified as Cornelius, we're not sure who this person is in this dream. I think it represents all of Macedonia who's hungry for the gospel. And that is how the gospel will go to Europe. And Europe will, from Europe, it'll be, the Christianity will take root. And from Europe, the gospel will go to Africa and to Asia, to Americas and to Australias. And that was God's plan. So Paul, Timothy, Silas, Luke, 
got on the ship from Troas to then went to uh, Samothrace and to Neapolis and to Philippi. There are some of you who are always trying to God, hear God's voice so that you don't make plans and you don't do things. But then there are those of you who plan your way, plan to do things your way, and never listen to God, even when God's trying to show you his way. Then we need to do both, don't we? And I want to ask, are you listening to the Spirit? I've been a Christian all my life, but I've only had one dream that I knew for certain was from God, and it's inappropriate, I think, to share with you in a public setting what this was, but I woke up, when I woke up from that dream, I was sure that it was, even though it was completely out of the blue, I was sure what this was about. And not only that, unlike other dreams, this one stayed with me. And I often look back on this dream because from it I learned the lesson that I should really listen to God. When God's trying to tell you something, you really should listen. Friends, as you live your lives for God, God will sometimes talk to you and speak to you and make his plans clear. You might not like it. You might not want to hear it. You might not want to change your plans as a result of it. But please do. Please pay attention. Please change your plans. Please obey God's word as it comes to you. His guidance might come in dreams and visions or from an inner conviction as you pray, from advice of other Christians. Listen to it. Obey it. And of course, the place where God speaks is the Bible. God speaks to us constantly. God has revealed his plan to us. And I, but friends, obey it. Listen to it. Change your plans as God speaks to you. In Troas, verse 9, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him to come. In fact, unlike, once again, Cornelius, uh, he's a person who we, didn't, we don't know. It was a person who represents all of Macedonia. And when they got to Philippi in chapter 16, we'll hear, actually, in chapter 16 uh, is uh, three stories of conversion of different people who were desperate for the gospel. And we're just going to hear from one today. So when they reached Philippi, they went to the outside of the city gate to worship on Sabbath day. Verse 13, they were probably not welcome, the Jews, and so they were probably outside of the city gate to gather to worship. They don't find a synagogue, but they do find a small group of Jewish women who had gathered to pray. And one of them was not quite Jewish. She was a seeker, a proselyte named Lydia. And we know that she's from a a city, Asian city, called Thyatira. Thyatira had been famous for centuries for their dyes. And archaeologists have found early inscriptions referring to guilds of uh, dyers in in the town. But Lydia was a dyer of purple, a dyer and, and trader of purple cloth. Dealer of purple cloth, was, which was the most expensive and rare of cloths. And we know that she was successful, because not just because of her trade, but because of what she does when she converts. She invites these four missionaries to come and stay at her house, which means that she had a house uh, big enough for these missionaries to come, which probably means that she had servants uh, to help these missionaries. And she had achieved something that even today's women would find difficult, right? As a woman, she's achieved status and power and wealth. But look where she is on that Sabbath day. 
She's outside of the city gate, from away from power, away from bustles, by a river worshiping a Jewish God as a Gentile. She wasn't satisfied with where she was, with what she, has, she had achieved. She was searching for more. And so she listened intently to Paul in verse 14. And God opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. And it wasn't a half-hearted conversion when she converted. She goes full in, right? She and her household, members of her household, probably her children, probably her servants as well, were baptized, verse 15. Once her heart is opened, her home is opened as well, she invites these missionaries to come because she wants to support them and bless them. As uh, many of you have heard, um, the news of Kate uh, Spade's suicide um, was uh, on Tuesday. I couldn't help, as I was hearing this, uh, think of Lydia. Kate Spade worked as an editor before making a leap to designing constructing her first sketches from paper and scotch tape, and she attached her name to make great many products like um, the, the china, towels, handbags, and shoes. She was beloved and successful. But as you know, last Tuesday she was found dead, having committed suicide. She suffered from depression, and she was searching for more. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Kate Spades are all around us. Lydia's, Lydia's are all around us. People who look all right on the outside. People who might even look successful. People who don't think, you don't think, would need the gospel is all around us. But they're desperate for the gospel. If their spirit could be envisioned, they might be begging for the gospel to come to their lives. And so, friends, today... Could I ask you to plan to reach those friends, to the people around you, to, to reach them with the gospel, to plan to live your lives for this. And do it prayerfully, right? Plan, but do it prayerfully and listen. God might close some doors, open up new ones. God might even guide you to places where you didn't want to go. But on those moments, pay attention. Listen to the leading of the Spirit. Adjust your plans and listen and obey God's Word. And as you live your lives for Christ, remind yourself of what's at stake. It's lives being transformed with the Gospel. Hunger being satisfied, thirst being quenched, longing spirits finding rest in Jesus Christ for now and for the eternity. Isn't that worth planning our lives around? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your revealed word. We thank you that it teaches us so much about how to live our lives. And Lord, would you help us to listen and obey? Would you help us to plan to live our lives according to your plan, that our lives and the lives of those around us might be transformed. In Jesus' name, amen.